The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Two-Minute Warning Podcast right here on the Blog and the Boys Podcast Network. Your host, of course, Dave Sturcio, alongside the premier writers of bloggingtheboys.com, Aiden Davis, Tony Catalina. What's going on, fellas? How are we feeling? We got ourselves a dub last week. We talked about it on the roundtable. Are we still feeling like, you know, the uh, the post-win happiness, or are we just, like, locked on? Here we go. We got ourselves a division matchup, Aiden. I don't know why, but I've been feeling scared this week. I just, I'm kind of starting to lose steam in terms of believing that the offense can get back to what it was. I would love to be proven wrong, but I'm just, I've, I've been really pessimistic this week for some reason, and I don't know why. Well, I don't like it. Take a drink or something. I don't know. Tony, what do you got over there, bro? You feeling all right? I mean, I was positive till the numbers guy started getting a little nervous. So, you know, <laughs> feeling pretty good, but I don't know. Yeah, well, listen, it's been it's been a week. There's been a lot of uh, stuff in the news as far as the Cowboys. And we'll start by welcoming back Randy Gregory and welcoming back uh, Neville Gallimore and welcoming back some of the Calvary coming back for the Dallas Cowboys this week as they take on the Washington football team. Cowboys coming in eight and four and the Washington football team feeling themselves a little bit uh, as they are now six and six winners of how many straight? I don't even know. Four. I forget. In any event. The Washington football team are, are definitely feeling themselves. Their fan base are definitely feeling themselves. Chanting, we want Dallas outside of uh stadium last week. So, obviously, they they are, you know, hopefully biting off a little bit too much here. But first and foremost, Aiden, your thoughts uh, about the defense and what it's going to look like, considering the fact now that we have Demarcus Lawrence back from, you know, last week, and then we had we're adding Randy Gregory. What does that do for Micah Parsons? Are we still going to see some edge rushing? Or, you know, are we going to rotate in? What do you think? I think Dan Quinn's just going to get to use him as an actual tool where if you need him to play linebacker on a given play, he's he can take now he can take Leighton Vander Esch off the field for some plays and oh, just him and concept. Keanu Neal. Yeah. And but I mean, yeah. And then in situations where you want him to rush the pass, I mean, I saw a stat the other day. He's played cornerback a few times this season, which I was completely unaware of, but yeah. it's just you just get to use him as a tool now where it's not, you don't have to pigeonhole him where when Randy Gregory and DeMarcus Lawrence were gone, I was like you have to use him in the pass rush 100% of the time. It's, that's not the case anymore. Use him however you feel, and that's great for the Cowboys. 
Yeah, let the record show that Aiden Davis is now calling Micah Parsons a tool. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad <laughs> thing, but uh, Micah Parsons actually, you know, Michael Gelkin of uh, of – uh, you know, all the things he does. He's, he's got his hand in everything, but he's one of my favorite follows on Twitter. He dubbed him the lion backer uh, last week. And I was really excited about that. I was like, dude, you need to run with that. He actually d- DM me. Cause I said, I was like, dude, you get in a comment. I said, you know, you, you got to run with that. And then he DM me. He's like, yeah, I think I'm going to, I don't know. It's kind of tacky. I'm like, no, no, man, that, that's awesome. Uh, so yeah, Tony, you feeling the same sentiment as far as you know, Parsons being able to kind of move and be a little bit more hybrid, or would you rather him just stay put and do what he's been doing from the edge? No, nah, I mean, I think so. Shout out to, you know, there's a, a ton of great content out there, cowboy related NFL around there, but Greg Cassell and NFL matchups. I just retweeted it. It was a video of um him doing a breakdown where they had the D tackles, you know, outside, you know, on top of the tackles with the, the pass rushers, inside with kind of Micah Parsons and Keanu Neal be using as a chip. Now in this instance, it's, you know, Terrell Basham, but in this, if they were to use it with the current day guys, it'd be like Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory. So that's a little more oomph to it. And just the, the stunt and the twist they used inside made Micah Parsons come in screaming like Bobby Boucher. So it's like, I'm just so excited (laughs) for the different ways they can use this team. I mean, use this player. And, you know, for me, he's not going to be a, you know, he's a strictly DN or a strictly linebacker. This guy is going to be all over the field and there's going to be, and now health, everything the way it should be, the way we intended it to be, he's going to be used in a multitude of ways that can only benefit this defense. Yeah, he popped up on the injury report this week uh, with a little bit of a hip injury, but nothing serious. Nobody's really talking about it. We'll get into the other injuries going into this game as people are listening and tuning in on a Saturday, possibly Sunday. So as of right now, when we record on Friday afternoon, uh, for this game, obviously, we only know what we know, you know, so things can change, obviously. Um, but now, you know, flipping the other side of the coin as far as our defense with all the guys getting back, I I, I don't want to mock it because we've lost the worst quarterbacks. Taylor Heineke, uh, are we afraid of Taylor Heineke, Aiden? Are we? Do we think that this guy can win the game if put on his shoulders against our defense? We've seen him do relatively good things exciting things brett farvish type like let's just lace him in there see what happens you know he's got like kind of throwing caution to the wind do you think taylor heineke does he scare you i don't know if he necessarily scares me but we do have to look at him at this point as a legitimate quarterback in the nfl this isn't the taylor heineke that we are thinking about during week one he has since the bye week he's arguably been up like a arguably a top 10 quarterback i'm gonna go that i'm gonna Oh boy. Say that it with kind of, yeah, <laughs> kind of a little bit of an asterisk. I don't think he's, to- I don't think he's a top 10 quarterback, but he's been moving the offense. And I think part of it is they they got their run game going. Antonio Gibson's been great lately. And so you're taking the pressure off Heineke. Um, and so I'm, I'm not necessarily, I'm not seeing him as another Tom Brady, but I'm, yeah, you have to respect him. Okay. Tony. I mean, look, you, what, what we saw last week in the new Orleans game is that we could not, for the life of us, keep Taysom Hill under wraps. Now, I'm not saying Heineke is your typical prototypical, uh, you know, running quarterback, but he's got wheels. He can move. But now, as a whole, does, you know, I, I understand we're getting Gallimore back and Gregory back and Demarcus Lawrence is going to do his thing. Do you worry about our run defense against Gibson, Heineke, even J.D. McKissick, which I don't know if he's going to go or not. I uh, haven't really read too much onto that, but he, you know, he's, he was hurt last week. He was out last week. But does their run attack kind of, you know, make you shake in your boots a little bit? I mean, he 
Antonio Gibson's a quality running back in this league, and and he he's done well against the Cowboys last year. Now we all know this year's defense and last year's difference is not the same. It's just not, and there's different factors in different situations where, um, yeah, now we're getting healthier, and the guys who can play the run, I feel much better about it. Now, is he the type of guy that could go off? I mean, can he break plays? Of course, he's an athlete, and he's you know he's he can he can get loose in a multitude of different ways. But I'm not like overly concerned because. We, I mean, we face running backs top. I mean, this league is littered with top running backs. So, like at the end of the day, like I've said it, and I wrote it in my article. It came out. I say, I say, Antonio Gibson is the X factor. If we can stop him, force the game in Taylor Heineke's hands, I'm okay with that situation because, you know, I it's, I can't speak to the analytical side of it. He just has that grit. You know, you feel like he's gonna get it done. He's tough. He's he's just that old school. Like I know he Brett Favre's his idol, so he kind of has that swagger about him that it's like I'm gonna chuck it up there. Someone's down there, and it's worked for him. Now, some eventually the well's gonna run dry on that, you know, and then it's gonna come down to is he actually a good quarterback? You know, the book will be out on him. But as a whole, we can stop the run. I'm not too afraid of Taylor Heineke because he tried to give that game away to the Raiders and they just didn't take it. And, you know, at the end of the day, this is a beatable football team. And, you know, that's that's the bottom line to me. Yeah, I agree. So staying on the running game. Now, obviously, we were just talking about Micah Parsons popping up on the injury report. Tony Pollard, uh, as of right now, is a, is apparently a game time decision. Uh, with a torn plantar fasciitis, which, again, I've from who I've talked to, my father, a couple other people have done this. It is a B word to say the least. So it's it's definitely an annoying pain. I've never done it, um, but I could you know I can only speak from what I've heard. Now, do you think uh, if I had to do knee jerk reaction right now, Aiden and Tony, yes or no? Tony Pollard going, Aiden, yes or no? No, the main reason is because they signed Edo Smith, and so to me that's just kind of a sign they're worried about the running back depth coming into this game, and so I think that's all we need to know. If they're signing another running back, Tony Pollard's most likely not going. Interesting. Tony? You know, I got, I got to kind of lean to say no as well, and it, I'm not really more concerned with, like, the signing of that. I think it's just the, how they've played these guys this year. They've kind of leaned on the, you know, reserve – or, you know, to kind of give them a week. It's going to be one of those things where it's going to be a pain tolerance thing. So I don't know how much better it's going to feel next week compared to this week. But at the end of the day, if Zeke's feeling good and they feel good about it, I, I could see him sitting for a week. Yeah, I well, it's funny that you used to say sitting him for a week and we thought that was an actual thing like thought process within the coaching staff for about Ezekiel Elliott, who's gone on record to say that he was feeling good and he's not as tight and things are, you know, that this break has definitely done him justice. Do you think we can get, you know, the normal Zeke back as far as like guy that could take 21 to 25 touches handoffs, you know, and just take the complete bulk of this running game uh, this week against the Washington football team who are down, obviously no chase young for a couple of weeks already. Uh, he got hurt a couple of weeks back, but now Montez Sweat, I believe, is out of this game. Uh, so they're definitely hurting on the defensive line. Do we get old school Zeke here? Are we going to feed this man again, Aiden? No, not this week. It's the the issue is that and you, when you look at the rest of the schedule, you're just facing a gauntlet of good run defenses. You have Washington twice and their their defense has not been great at all this year, but their run defense is still pretty good. You have to face the Cardinals, whose defensive line is amazing. And then even the Eagles are all right. So I don't know if you're ne necessarily going to see Zeke just like eating 25, 30 touches a game. We're not going to rely on him like that for the rest of the season. But I, I legitimately think Zeke can get back to weeks like, 
the one through six week seat that we saw if he gets healthy because that was a completely different running back from what we've seen in recent years and it gave me encouragement. So I think Zeke can get back if he's healthy. I just don't know if it happens this week against Washington. I'd circle the New York Giants game as the week that that starts. Tony, you think Zeke's back to, to full self or at least heavy, heavy workload this week against the Washington football team? I think he has a chance to be productive just because of the mini buy, but I don't think we're going to see, um, you know, early season Zeke. I don't know if we're going to see early season anybody at this point in time of the year, right? I think it's just about managing and trying to get you to the best you can be on Sunday. You may, it may not be a hundred percent, but you're a hundred percent for that week come kickoff. And, it, you know, I, th- I feel, I would feel a lot better about Zeke if Tony Pollard is the, you know, we're able to go out there because then you can kind of spell that. And, you know, Zeke knows he can empty the clip on 15 to 18 carries, but if he had to be in that 20 to 25 range and that might be where he's at, we, it might be not as productive as we go at the end of the game, how we feel about Zeke wearing on defenses, who knows how his D you know, his knee wears down on him as the game goes as well. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I, I personally, you know, coming from me, I think Zeke is, is, one of those guys very similar to what we saw on Thursday night with Dalvin Cook. Like you would have to literally like shoot his arm off for him not to be in that game. So Zeke's going to have that same mentality, I think, uh, as far as coming back and playing in this game. You know, you don't hear a lot about Corey Clement. You know, like I, I'm not sure. Like Edo Smith was signed and that's great. But like what was the point of Clement? Is he just strictly special teams? Like it doesn't seem like doesn't seem like we're getting much love or play out of him. I mean, are we just trying to pick off the Philadelphia playbook? I don't know. What are we doing with him? I I just think he's not a great running back, and the Cowboys are realizing that. Get him off the team if he's not good. I don't know. I have to just drop his name on there as if he's like a, a paid sponsor where like we had to say his name at least once. While we're on this subject, <laughs> I do want to say that I'm putting an early trademark in. If Ida Smith somehow turns out to be a pivotal piece in this team, I want a shirt that says, Feed Zeke at the all you can Eat buffet. I just thought of that a couple of days ago. <laughs> that on a shirt. So I'm hoping that it pans out so I can put that on a shirt. Marketing genius. You know what's funny? Now that you mentioned that. Obviously, I'm the owner of uh, Chop Sports. I own my own business out here in Jersey, and we do a lot of merchandise. So I figured it was time for us to get in the merch game. And you know, my my business partner is a big Packer fan, so he started making all this Packer stuff. And I was like, well, what can I do for the Cowboys? Like, what, what kind of Cowboys related theme shirt can I get? And I think it was in the preseason or even uh, maybe even before that, where I think it was either Jordan Lewis or somebody called the defense a no-fly zone, right? And it was only in training camp. They were calling it like airplane mode. And I'm like sitting there, I'm like, well, yeah, man, I'll make that. I had this thing designed with like a, an airplane with like all the windows where the numbers of the, of the guys in the secondary, it looked awesome. And then, of course, like the airplane mode thing that you would see on your iPhone or whatever. But you know, my coworker made the joke, like, you really don't want to do that. Like, this secondary is not going to get any picks. And that was in the preseason. I was like, well, uh, now I really should have made that damn shirt, shouldn't I? Um, but <laughs> it's interesting uh, as we go forward with uh, the Washington football team game. Um, I want to ask you guys, we're talking about, obviously, Zeke and Pollard and Ido and Corey Clement. That's number two drop name drop uh, for him. <laughs> so that's uh, two name drops for Corey. Um, offensive line, guys. Like, what? Like, I'm kind of sick and tired of the whole you know this isn't pop warner you know that we don't they're not paying mike mccarthy to play you know what i mean like so why is it that he's he feels it's necessary to you know to to get him some playing time like oh we'll see some of him we'll see some of him 
are you guys in agreement that it should just be the, the 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 five, like the best five guys, just put them out there and do their thing? Aiden, I'll start with you, bro. Yeah, I think the narrative all season is the Cowboys have such a deep offensive line, but that's turned out, yeah, we sure we do, but the issue is that now you don't know who to play on a given week. There's so much debates on, is it McGovern? Is it Connor Williams? Is it Terrence Steele? Is it Lyle Collins? And so you just keep having these question marks every week, and I just think Joe Philbin just needs to look at all the game tape from the season and just decide who's the best five linemen, who are we going to succeed with specifically in the running game? That's why I think it's Connor Williams, but just pick the five guys and for the rest of the season, the remaining five games, just let them work together because we need continuity on the offensive line and we can't keep doing this weird substitution where it's a new offensive line every week. Yeah, that's not it's not basketball. We're not looking for a point guard to come in as a sixth man. Like this is the five that you need. You need your five hosses and no pun towards the Washington football team or what they used to call themselves. Uh, but I, I, Tony, uh, did you think we would live in a world on as we record this? It's December 10th, but we're in week 14 by week 14. Did you think we were going to live in a world where we there would be people on Twitter which Cowboys Twitter is a very dangerous and dark place. I don't know if any of you guys know that, but if you're on Cowboys Twitter, you're either riding with the boys and we're winning the Super Bowl or the wheels have fallen off and we're completely dead in the water. But did you think we would live in a world where people were saying, get Terrence Steele back at right tackle over Lyle Collins? Like, Because I'm reading that a lot. Wow. Um, I, you right. know, <laughs> I, I, I've seen it. You know, it, it's It's hard. Like you said, there's so many extremes in Cowboys Nation on on Twitter. It's either all with us or you're all against us. But um, the, the the right choices, I you know, the answer to your question, no, I did not think that I'd ever see anybody you know hooting hollering for Terrence Steele. But it looks like Mike McCarthy and all accounts, it's 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 going to be Lyle Collins' job. It looks like they're going to keep what they had at the Saints game, and I think we all spoke on it and we agreed that we think Connor Williams is the better choice. Um, at left guard, but it looks like they're probably, at least for the foreseeable future, going to keep Connor McGovern there. And I think the reason why they keep giving these backup linemen some play is I think it's more an indictment on the blocking of the tight ends. I don't think they trust like the blocking of, you know what I mean? That's why we're seeing the full house package with the two, you know, offensive linemen in the back. I've seen, I've seen Dalton Schultz struggle out there. Yeah. And you know what I mean? And, and I see a lot of people, you know, no shade, you know, it is. I see a lot of people dub Jeremy Sprinkle as the guy that was supposed to be the blocking tight end guy. They brought him in to block. He hasn't blocked anything, you know, and, and, and Sean McCune, it looks like he, he's got iffy, real iffy with a neck injury. So it's, we're going to see a little more Sprinkle, Don Schultz, Blake Jarwin is questionable for the rest of the year at this point. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we start to see a lot of six offensive line packages, but just for, you know, just for, you know, he might be right. Terrence still might get a ton of burn this week, but it'll be at the, you know, tight end. You know, what's crazy. I mean, look, if they do that, if the Cowboys line up six offensive linemen, right. Then that you are, you are completely giving away the play. There's no reason to bring another 300 pound man in there unless you're running the ball. You know what I mean? Unless you're looking right. for a play action pass of some variation. I just don't see, like, if I see somebody, if I see friggin' uh, one of these guys lined up as, as where Schultz should be, I'm like, oh, cool. It's run. <laughs> and like, you, there's no way I'm thinking it's going the other way, Aiden. It worked with when we put McGovern at fullback. I mean, we have a whole package. Were- you're right. Yeah, I, I was. I, listen, I, I was all that. for Hulkamania. I, w- I was all for it, and I thought uh, it would work. I thought it, wor- I thought it would work. 
It worked to a certain extent. It might have to work again this week. Uh, you say sprinkle. It's just funny. Uh, isn't he not a former Washington football team member? This could be a little he bit is. of a revenge game. So a little revenge, yeah. like put me in, coach. I want to crack somebody in the hat uh, in the head. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, obviously, I'd be remiss not to talk about our fearless leader. You know, Dak Prescott coming in uh, to this one in particular. Look. He's got a nice little record against the Washington football team when he plays those games. And not only does he have a nice record, he owns these guys when it comes to the stat sheet. Do you guys or where is your confidence level? I'm going to give you a range, 1 to 10. I'll take a page out of RJ's book. Um, where is your confidence level in Dak Prescott to get it done? Not, not so much for the rest of the year, but at least on this Sunday, division game, a chance to put your foot on the throat of the NFC East. Aiden, 1 to 10, 10 being I'm – that Dak Prescott's going to have a perfect passer rating and he's just going to light him up or one, you know, we're going to be calling for Cooper. Rush. I didn't actually mean that, but like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that, that's the level of panic you would see, but go ahead. I'm going to give a very hesitant eight because on the page, when you're just looking at stats, this is a very bad pass defense. One, and like you said, Dak owns Washington. He should be able to come in. And carry this team 350 yards, four touchdowns. Cowboys just light them up on offense. But that's not the deck that we've seen lately. I'm hoping that it turns around this week. And I under there's been a lot of factors, and I understand a lot of I, I wouldn't say excuses because they've been legitimate excuses, but this is a week you have zero excuses. You have a fully healthy team that has had 10 days to rest, 10 days to prepare against a bad defense. If Dak looks flat again. Yeah, it's it's panic time. So I'm gonna give it an eight. I think they come out ready to go. Tony, are you on the uh, the old Troy Aikman number here? Or are we going back down to Chad Hutchinson? What or maybe even Clint Stoner <laughs> at six? What are we doing here? So I was up. It's almost like Aiden like took exactly what I was gonna say until that the bastard. butt, <laughs> until the butt, right? Where he okay. is that I had an eight. Everything he said until the butt exactly how I feel. And he went in like a little negative type of way. I'm thinking more in a positive way. So I'm going to go 8.5 just because I think Amari Cooper alluded to the fact that all three of those wide receivers haven't been together healthy for a complete game in like God knows when. So putting that all together with the fact that, you know, Dak is this team's dad. And they and he just you know beat he beats and them. There like it is, and there it is, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, the Cowboys drop by thirty. <laughs> so they're gonna drop this game <laughs> because all of a sudden now we are now the legal guardians of the Washington football team. Uh yeah, no, I I listen, I'm with you on that. I think Dak Prescott has not been the same. My biggest thing is in this game in particular, right? I mean, look, the Washington football team are definitely down some of their best pass rushers, right? But they're they they're still the ability to get to the quarterback at what point? If ever, do we see Dak Prescott turn into the athlete that we know he is? You know, he, there's a lot of forced balls. There's a lot of, you know, green pastures in front of you, but he's still going to try to lace it in there. And I don't know where it went wrong. I mean, do we do we kind of contribute this to the, the, the calf injury, to the, to the ankle in general? But then it's like you watch that Atlanta game and you watch him burrow over somebody and say, like, I had to remind these guys who the hell I am. You know, like how big I am, how big of an athlete. But he hasn't done it since. Aiden, does it worry you that he's – not using his legs as much. Yeah, I, it's. I don't know if we're gonna really see that aspect of Dak's game again. I think the ankle injury. I just. I think the ankle injury really got to his head, and now he wants to be a pocket passer. He doesn't want his first read is never gonna be. Here's open field. I'm gonna take off. 
I think his first read is always going to be, okay, there's open field. I have that in my back pocket if I need it, but I'm going to still look for a receiver, which it's sad. But I mean, even in the early weeks of this year, we weren't seeing Dak take off. In fact, I'd love to know his high on rushing yards for the year. I'd put it at 10, maybe 15. Wow. I, yeah. I, I just, and it's, he's a, he's a great pocket passer when he's on. So I don't think it's too worrisome. I just think, it's really gotten to his head. Maybe another offseason gives him time to trust that ankle a little bit more. But I, at least for this season, I would highly doubt we see Dak, his first read when he sees open field being takeoff. Tony, we were talking about Twitter before, um, and, and there is a narrative kind of floating around that the only way Dak Prescott, Dak, Dak Prescott succeeds is if things are perfect around him. Now, you're saying that there is – the receivers that are healthy now, you know, Cooper, Lamb, and, of course, Gallup. Uh, no Noah Brown, he just entered the IR, so we won't see him for a couple of weeks. And I don't think Cedric Wilson's going to go, so maybe we get some some Malik Turner. Maybe we get some Simi Fajoko. Maybe we get a little bit of something or both. Do you think that, like, do, do you think that everything has to be in line for Dak Prescott to succeed in this league, or do you think he's going to be okay going forward as far as his improv skills with whoever's in there? Because clearly, before you answer, clearly we've seen him without his top dogs, and he's he's struggled mightily. I but I think it's a multitude of things. I think um, it's not you; it's just a narrative out there, like you said. It I think it's it's kind of unfair because it's yeah, everybody you know a top tier quarterback like Dak Prescott when he has all of his guys out there looks like an absolute stud, and when you're playing with your third, fourth, and fifth wide receiver, you're missing your top two guys. Nobody's afraid of your number one for that week. And if it's Cedric Wilson, like great three, you know, even better four wide receiver, but nobody's confusing them for a one or a two at this point. Right. And so it's, anybody's going to have that issue, especially when you get Terrence Steele on the right side, you, you, we've kind of all figured out that McGovern, you know, may have, may have a great future, but right now he may not be the guy for the left guard spot. So I think it's, I think he's just worried about the protection. I mean, I've watched the game, the past game a few times, and he's just like not as comfortable in the pocket as he would be typically, you know, and I think it's in his head and kind of the touch base on what you're thinking about the running aspect of it too. I think he's just thinking big picture. Some of the times I think when the playoffs are on the line, we're going to have that Seahawk run type of situation where he's going to know there is no tomorrow. You know what I mean? I'm going to tuck it. I'm going to run for 12, 13 here. I'm going to go, but he doesn't need to do that in October. You don't need to do that in November. So it's like, you know, now it's December, things are on the line. We might see a different switch be flipped. And that just comes with life lessons, a.k.a. the injury or, you know, more maturity, understanding this team is going to sink without them like a rock. So it's just I think they're thinking big picture, kind of like they have been with injuries this whole year. Yeah, no, I, I you said it. You said it very accurately. I, I agree with you. Uh, maybe is thinking big picture here, thinking about his career going forward, because look, guaranteed money is fun and all, but like one more injury and you know, your career could be over, you know, and just like that, the way these guys spend money, it could be, I'm sure. Listen, I'm not, I'm not saying that Dak Prescott's the kind of guy that's going to burn through all his cash, like Mike Tyson style. You know what I mean? Like he's not going to do that, but I, I will say that, you know, Dak Prescott probably has it in his mind where, you know, he just wants to be a little bit more cautious, but also show that he has the arm and he has the cannon and we'll see. Um, so there's a lot of things to go into, but I will ask the question right off the bat or right off the bat. We've been doing this for 26 minutes now. <laughs> I will ask this question right here. Aiden, what is the one thing that the Washington football team bring to this game that scares you the most? The ability to chew the clock. That's my thing. They are, they're averaging the second highest drive, like 
average drive time in the NFL. It is insane just their ability to just slowly eat away at a defense and just run the ball, short passes, and run the clock down. And, I mean, you saw – that's the reason they won the game against the Buccaneers. They took that ridiculous, like, 12, 13-minute drive just to end the game. Right. And right. I, I'm just worried, like – I, I really trust our defense. I do think our defense is at this point solidly top ten in the NFL. I'm just worried, like, what happens when you start getting these long drives where I, the rushing defense is still one of the weaker aspects of this team. So, what happens when they're just ripping off four yards a run and just slowly moving downfield? Can you? Does the defense get tired and open things up later in the game? We'll see. But the, yeah, that's definitely the aspect that scares me the most. Tony, what's got you? Uh, I mean, what what does RJ call you, Chicken Little? Is that right? Is like something to that effect? I, I, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen the movie, but then again, RJ saw one of my stories on my Instagram about the the Griswolds family Christmas, and he said never yeah. saw it. He said oh never saw God. it. What is but wrong with this it. guy? Like, bro, he that's one of my favorite movie. He's never eaten penny vodka, and he's never watched Christmas Vacation. I, I told him, I was That's like, crazy. I'm starting to question your uh, your upbringing here, dude. Like, uh, no offense <laughs> to your parents. I'm sure they're wonderful people, but Jesus. <laughs> you know, like, what's going on? <laughs> so, Actually, he needs to watch National Lampoon for sure. No, oh my God. It's, it's a staple in my house. I have to watch it almost 23 times before Christmas. So it's, yeah. whatever. <laughs> anyway, what is, uh, what is, what's got Chicken Little scared here uh, when it comes to the Washington football team game? I think uh, Aiden kind of touched on it, but I'm more specifically worried about how just, you know, what kind of game Antonio Gibson can have. Like I said, and not to keep plugging my article, but I really feel like Antonio Gibson Ah, is the X factor. You know, (laughs) it's just for me, it's if if Antonio Gibson gets going here and he's got a taste for blood against us, the guy, the guy has played well, you know, he's not afraid to go against our defense. But I would argue, like I said, we're a totally different defense. We have a different attitude, a different swagger about them. So just holding Antonio Gibson, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, Trayvon Diggs has a absolute grudge match against Terry McLaurin because I feel like he was the only guy that kind of gave him a little baptism last year. And, and, and that, to me, I feel so much better about the fact that Trayvon has 40 people from his family going to be at this game, understands that, you know, because he's from the area, understanding what Terry McLaurin did to him after, you know, the taunting of the touchdown last year that still makes me mad to this day. And then I can't tell I just at all. Think, <laughs> I'm fired up about it because I know Trayvon Diggs is going out there and he's going to be locked in. He may play a little more principled football. He's just going to go out there and try to, to you know, to put the fire out that's Terry McLaurin. And, and the really the only thing that can beat us is Antonio Gibson. Cause I'm like, I'm not entirely too worried about Ty- Taylor Heineke. Like that's the whole thing. I'm just, we'll just see how the game flows. That's mostly the thing. You got to be nervous about the way the game flows. Yeah. I mean, if I had to put it, you know, my finger on the one thing, that scares me the most is is not Taylor Heineke. It's not even Antonio Gibson, even though Gibson literally, I believe, ruined last Thanksgiving or the Thanksgiving before that. Either one. It doesn't matter. He's been he's been crushing us for a little while. I'm not as worried about Antonio Gibson. However, I will say this. I'm worried about the offense. Uh, I, obviously, even, you know, going into this podcast, Aiden said he was a little, you know, he wasn't feeling he wasn't walking around like McGregor. He wasn't like saying, well, we're going to put a pounding on the Reds. Uh, uh, the Washington football team uh, almost did it. Almost. See, I, I, I just don't. It's just so hard. But anyway, so I know I did catch it. Um, The Washington football team, uh, the only thing that scares me is the offense of the Cowboys in which if Tony Pollard is not able to go, you know, you can't get Edo Smith up to speed, you know, as far as knowing the whole playbook. I mean, yeah, it's running. So it's either power or sweeps or, you know, we all get it. We've all been a student of the game for as long, uh, you know, as long as we can remember. But 
I don't like the fact that Tony Pollard might not go in this. He is that change of pace back that really starts to shake up the offense. He's he's house called it two weeks in a row as far as uh, his big playability, one being the 50-yard run and, and the other one being the uh, the return kick. So he's a game changer 100%. However, again, it worries me. Uh, but the one thing I will say is that we could potentially see, and I asked you guys this before, but I think we could potentially see Zeke return to form this week. And I'm not waiting until next week against the Giants. I think we can get a lot of carries to Ezekiel Elliott. I think he's obviously the better pass blocker to wait around and and chip away when when Dak drops back the pass five step ten you know seven step drop back waiting for something to open up. All three receivers are going you know they're going forward. Everything looks great on paper, right? Everything looks awesome right now. I just need to see it again. It's been a long time since we've seen this offense, and I'm not talking about Thanksgiving because there was a lot of just, I don't know, that game was weird, but then if you look at the Kansas City game, the Denver game, the last time we actually showed out was against a really, really bad Atlanta Falcons, and, and that was after getting our asses kicked the week before, so it kind of gave them the rub. Uh, so I just want to see a little bit more out of this offense immediately. I mean, you know, Tony's been on record saying that we're the daddy and, like, the, the show I had today, uh, you know, we have a couple handicappers on our show and he thinks there's going to be a Cowboys blowout. And like usually when these guys go this way and they they know some of their stuff and the analytics and whatever the hell they use to, to make their picks, they think it's going to be 10 points or more and it will be a laugher. And I'm just like, OK, everybody pump the brakes. You know, who you're watching, you know, so there's a it, it, there's a lot of good feels in the air, but there's a lot of skepticism as well. One more thing to touch on before we make our predictions. Aiden, you are. Ron Rivera, right? And you hear that Mike McCarthy says, we're going to win the game, right? Is that bulletin board material for you, or should he have just shut his mouth? Because I feel like him responding, we already kind of won the mental battle. I, that's just the way I'm seeing it right now. Like, obviously, Mike McCarthy said, we're going to go out there and win a game. And then people are like, oh, my God, is he guaranteeing victory right now? Oh, my God. Like, and, and what? No, McCarthy's going to go out there and say, listen, I'm not feeling that great. We're probably going to lose, and you're all going to panic next week. He's not going to say that, so... How are you feeling about those comments and then Rivera's, you know, little uh, kickback? Yeah, I loved Rivera responding just because of the fact that I these stories always get overblown. You always have the quarterback for like the bottom 10 team in the NFL saying this is our year. We're winning the Super Bowl. And everybody's like, what? He's ridiculous. Of course, they're not winning the Super Bowl. Well, yeah, he, no, they're not. But he's not going to say that. So I don't like when these stories get overblown because it's like you're pretty much saying coaches you can't deviate from the coach because here's what mccarthy was supposed to say he was supposed to say the washington football team is a good team we're going to play them competitive we're preparing like they're a good team and we're going to come out ready to play so that's coach what every speak. coach, coach speak. yeah exactly coach speak and so when you're when you blow this narrative up it's all it's you're pretty much saying coaches you can't deviate from coach speak or else we're just going to make it a whole national headline i got to report like i got a notification from bleacher report saying mccarthy wants a win uh, yeah thank you bleacher report and so it's just like <laughs> dynamite reporting there bleacher yeah. report uh we're all aware but go on <laughs> yeah and so it's like i just it's not this is it's there's no content here so the fact that rivera came out and had to respond to this i'm like okay we're in rivera's head we're living rent free, yeah. brother. We're living rent yeah. free. Tony, how do you feel about this, bro? I'm sorry. Uh, finish your comment, Aiden. No, I'm done. I'm just. I'm oh, he's done. He's dropping is. mics. He's getting pissed. <laughs> Look at him. He's like, nah. You know what? F this. Uh, <laughs> Tony, what are you thinking, man? Is this bulletin board material? You liking it? You think it's a no story? You guys write. So I mean, I used to write, but uh, you know, and I still probably should. Uh, but you guys write. <laughs> this is stuff. This stuff kind of 
gives you something to write about, right? Do you feel that yeah. that's all it is? Is just like filler before we get there, or do you think there's anything to this? You know, I'm I have an immense respect for Ron Rivera. You know what I mean. So I won't be disrespectful when I say this. I just thought it was a very soft way to answer that. Like, oh, you made a big mistake. A big mistake. <laughs> For him to Why publicly I say what every yeah every, but like oh it's a big mistake for you for him to say publicly what everybody's saying behind closed doors. What are they not saying the same things over there in Washington? Like no, we're gonna go out there and we're gonna you know hopefully keep it close. Like what do you want him to say? It, it just it just you know it's one of those things where I loved it because because yeah it's for once somebody just refreshingly said something that. You know, that everybody says, you know, behind the closed doors, Mike's probably saying it with a few more explicitives. You know what I mean? He's probably mm-hmm, swearing mm-hmm. up the storm, saying the same thing. And then you come out and you get Dak doubling down, Amari Cooper doubling down. And if they threw another mic in another player's face, I bet you they would have tripled down. So it's to me, it's 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 nonsense. It's 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 for us. It's for the media. It's for everybody to talk about. It doesn't mean anything. And I saw, you know, it just, I saw somebody on Twitter. I don't know who it was, but somebody tweeted, is this only bulletin board material if the Cowboys lose? Because if the Cowboys win, then all they did was say, we're going to win. You know what I mean? And right. if they lose, it's like, right. like oh, well, I can't believe you said you're going to win. And then you didn't on any given Sunday, you losers. Right. <laughs> everybody calm down. <laughs> everybody calm down. All right. It is the two-minute warning, ladies and gentlemen. It's time to wrap this bad boy up. It is time to predict if the Dallas Cowboys will win this game, kind of solidify themselves as the basically the NFC East champions at this point. I mean, if they get a win here, it's it's a whole other ball game heading into the last four games. They're eight and four. Aiden, do the Dallas Cowboys go nine and four, or are we completely sweating this out on a round table come Tuesday when we're only up one game and they got a game in hand? How do you feel this one's going to shake out? I, I maybe I'm taking Tony's mantle as chicken little, but I think we lose this game. I told I don't and I can't I can't explain why this entire week I've just been like I have I don't feel good about this game at all. And I know it's the football team. I know they're still not a great team, but something's just gotten to me where I they're coming in hot. We're obviously struggling on offense. I, I think we lose like 28 to 27, but I am praying. Ooh, one point, game, all so we're might. all having a heart attack. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So, but I'm praying with all my might that I'm wrong. I'd love to be wrong, but I don't know. All right. Aiden, not as uh, optimistic, and I'm sure he's crunched plenty of numbers to back this up as he is the professor of the Blogging the Boys podcast network and writing at bloggingtheboys.com. Tony, please write the ship here. What are we, what are you, how are you feeling about this game? And uh, give me a score. I, I try not to be overly positive because like, I really do try to be partial in everything I say. Like I'm not trying to be like the overly positive person, but when I sat down and looked at this, like, you know, the weather's going to be fine for being in December in DC for it to be 53. Right. One o'clock game, 53 degree as a high, partly cloudy. The weather's not going to be a factor. Cause at one point it did look like it was going to rain, which would have muddied this game up and made it different. You know, we've already kind of seen how that happened, um, you know, with the bills game, but um, I, I, I'm thinking the Cowboys are going to win 27 to 20, but I think it's more so like they come, it's 27, 13 and the and Washington pulls up a touchdown to make it, you know, 20 instead of 13. But, um, I feel good very, about it. Very I feel Carolina, like the, Carolina Panthers ish, like games yeah, in hand. Like and the Carolina coach, just yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the old, old head coach there, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah you know what I mean? So for me, it's, yeah, I, I feel now, 
it, if I'm going to be honest with you, is this a game I could see them lose? Of course. Like, I mean, this year has been such a Jekyll and Hyde with this team that, like, yeah, they could lose They could lose this game. I don't think anybody would be absolutely floored if it happened. But I feel pretty confident with everything that's coming around and the way that the defense is coming around. I think that's going to be a statement game, and I think it needs to be. All right. Uh, I kind of like both your answers because I, I feel the same way about both. Like, you know, it's very hard to get too high on this team. It's very hard to get too low on this team. Considering who our quarterback is, considering his numbers against this team, considering the fact that the Dallas Cowboys are putting themselves and they know where they're at in this division. They know that if they slip up here, there's going to be a big, big spiral down effect and the media is going to tear the Cowboys apart. They're well aware of all the headlines. I don't care how many people say, well, I don't watch the news. That's garbage. I know you guys watch it. I know the Dallas Cowboys are in tune with the media, in tune with what people are saying about them. This is a chance for them to say, that's cool. We got that ugly, ugly win in New Orleans. We're about to do it one more again. Okay. I think the Dallas Cowboys get out there and they win the game 31 17. Um, I don't, I think it's close uh, in the first half. We might have been be losing at halftime. That's how I feel this one can go. We could be losing at halftime. Everybody's like, you know, starting to run around the house with their, you know, they're just, their heads are full of steam right now. I think they're a second half team in this week in particular. I think having Mike McCarthy back as a coach is a massive thing that nobody really talked about, you know, as far as, um, and I'm not talking about this show in particular. I just haven't had heard enough about Mike McCarthy's return here. Um, and if people want to start giving him credit for the success of this season, it starts with a big win within the division. We've already played two division games and we've absolutely annihilated both of those NFC East teams. So this is the third one. And I think they get it done. Uh, 31 17. So, this has been another episode of the Two Minute Warning Podcast. You can probably, more than likely, check all three of us out on the roundtable that goes down on Tuesdays. I think RJ decided to uh, give people a chance to get home from work to watch it. So I think that's going to go down to 8 o'clock p.m. on Tuesday. We'll, we'll wrap this game up. We'll talk about this game. And then, obviously, the next time you hear the three of us together, we'll be heading into a New York Giants uh, week in which think i might go i don't know i'm i'm literally 15 minutes from giant stadium but it's just like i don't know man it's just different feelings this year i i just i already went to one game like in dallas like why would i want to ruin my perfect record because i think the giants can all of a sudden give us a, a game too and i hate even saying that uh considering how bad i think they are but don't look now ladies and gentlemen before you you know turn us off don't look now the NFC matchups this week in particular are pretty interesting. I said this as a bold prediction that in about a month's time with one week or two weeks to go that the Cowboys will be involved in the conversation of the number one seed. The current number one seed right now has the Rams on Monday Night Football. So good luck there. The Rams are playing good. The Green Bay Packers, interdivision matchup. Justin Fields back on the field in Green Bay on Sunday night. We'll see. Tampa Bay is playing probably a pissed-off Bills team after the performance they put together. If all three of those teams lose, we'll be sitting there with a win and with the same record as the two and the three seed heading into the final four weeks. So it ain't impossible, ladies and gentlemen. It is Christmas time. Do you believe in miracles? We'll find out. So for Dave Sturgeo, Aiden Davis, and, of course, Tony Catalina, this has been another episode of the Two Minute Warning Podcast right here on the Blogging the Boys Podcast Network, powered by SB Nation. We will see you guys next week, hopefully, with a 9-4 and four Dallas Cowboys team.